Good morning, Praying Medic. Buenos dias, Brother Greg. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. How about you? I am frosty as can be. Nice. Uh, <laughs> feeling you said extra I was salty. You said I was salty this morning. I'm salty. You're frosty. Well, you know, I just I just picked up a little bit on uh, what you were laying down this morning before you did the Devo. So, yeah, I'm... I'm uh, I'm looking forward to an exciting week. Yeah. Which will end with a little thing we called the Maricopa County audit report being released on Friday. You know, the culmination of a lot of uh, hard work, a lot of waiting and a lot of patience and a lot of uh, patriotic people here in Maricopa County uh, trying to make some sense of the election. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, um, what are you expecting? I'm expecting a lot. <laughs> so I listened to Karen. Listen to Karen Fan last night. She did an interview with uh, Jordan Conradson of the Gateway Pundit, and they did this interview out at some fair or festival. And unfortunately, there was all this noise in the background, people talking on loudspeakers and music and stuff. But she. Uh, she, you know, she, she corrected a lot of misperceptions and a lot of doom porn that has been spread about the, uh, the deal that they arrived at with Maricopa County. And, and if it's okay, I'm going to go into a little bit of the details of that because, you know, I, I've been looking on social media and the usual doom porn people are pushing all this nonsense that Karen fans sold us out that we're not going to get access to the full report. They're going to hold things back that um, the negotiation that they you know, arrived at is not going to let Cyber Ninjas and Cypher have full access to the logs and the routers. And there, there's all this, um, you know, fear porn being pushed by people. And it's all nonsense. It's, it, it's, it's all just a bunch of lies. Um, so, what the agreement, uh, briefly, I'm not going to you know, go into the, an exhaustive uh, discussion of, of the agreement, but briefly what it, what it allows is, and, and, and let me tell you first, the position that the Senate was bargaining from. So the Senate had the upper hand in this thing the whole time. The Senate has uh, been told by Arizona Supreme Court on two occasions that the subpoena that they uh, issued to the county to obtain the routers and logs and, and uh, all the other information was a valid legislative subpoena. Uh, the county knows that, and the county was in violation of a valid legislative subpoena. The county stood to lose $700 million in state funding 
if they did not turn over the routers and logs and comply with the subpoena. So if you're the Board of Supervisors, you are then going to be accountable to the voters who are going to want, want to know why you coughed up $700 million in state funding so that you could hide your election fraud. Boom. The Board of Supervisors were, were uh, negotiating from a position of weakness. They were in a, in a bad position. They stood to lose a lot of money. And they came to the Senate and said, hey, let's make a deal, <laughs> right? And Karen Fan's like, okay, well, what's your proposal? And they, they decided they're going to comply with the subpoena. They're going to turn over the routers and turn over the, the information in the routers, turn over the information in the logs and all the other uh, information that's, that's required by the subpoena, but they're going to do it indirectly. They're not going to give that information, the, the routers and logs to the Senate. They're going to have a third party uh, mediate all that. So they chose a third party and the third party is going to hire a team of people, team of IT experts who will look through the routers and logs and they'll get the information that uh, Ben Cotton with Cypher and Doug Logan with Cyber Ninjas. They're going to get the information that these guys need. Um, it doesn't cut out Cyber Ninjas and Cypher. They're still going to be involved, but they'll be uh, basically asking the, or telling the team, this is what we need. Um, this is the evidence we need. Here are the screenshots we need. Um, here, here are the logs that we're looking for. And then it'll be up to that team to find that information and produce it to Cyber Ninjas and to uh, Cypher. Uh, it, it's, it's a win for the Senate because they are going to get the information that they want and they need. Uh, they're not going to be on the hook for two point, I think it was $2.7 million in election equipment that the county was going to bill to the Senate uh, as a result of the, the Senate auditing, doing the audit. Uh, Katie Hobbs and, and uh, Richard, the, the recorder, they pulled a little, little optics game and tried to tell the voters that these, the, the voting equipment had to be replaced. It's no longer usable because uh, these dirty, heinous, um, evil villains dared to conduct an audit using these machines. <laughs> so they tried to justify billing the Senate for replacement of the machines. That's not going to happen. The county is either going to have to keep the machines or replace them on their own dime. It's not going to go to the Senate. So the county, um, the county lost and a couple of county supervisors and our sheriff, our, our liberal sheriff, Penzone, they're all pretty pissed off over the deal. They're not happy. Um, one of the supervisors voted against it, and he voted against it because he said it legitimizes the big lie, uh, the big lie being the idea that Trump actually won the election. So all the porn and all the, the you know, the, the concern trolling that people are doing saying that uh, that this is this is a bad compromise that the Senate's not going to get the information they need it, it's all a bunch of nonsense uh, hello simple as that we're going to get the information one way or the other at the end of the day that that they're going to take all this information once it's done the Senate will have the data and then they're going to turn over the rest of the information to Attorney General Mark Burnovich, 
who can conduct a criminal investigation. And if there is evidence of willful misconduct, um, then Brnovich can, uh, can, you know, charge people with criminal uh, acts if they were involved in breaking the law. So uh, we're close to the end and I, I, have, I have full confidence in Karen Fan and the Senate that they have done nothing uh, that I've seen so far to shake my faith in their integrity. And that's what a lot of this comes down to. P people are questioning the integrity uh, of Karen Fan, And from my perspective, she hasn't made any missteps. She hasn't made any mistakes. She hasn't done anything so far to cause me to question her judgment or her loyalties. Mm -hmm. She knows that the entire world is watching this audit. And I, I seriously doubt she's going to fumble the ball at the five yard line and let the enemy pick up the ball and run for a touchdown in the other direction. I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. So I'm not worried. No worried. You're comfy AF. I am comfy AF brother. Nice. <laughs> well, I think, I think the whole world knows. Did you see what happened to Pelosi this weekend when she, when no. she was in the UK? Oh yeah. 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 I saw that. Yeah. Touch yeah. Me. The whole world, the whole world knows Trump won. She go back to Epstein Island. The whole world knows. And we had more college students this weekend, you know. Oh Have my gosh. You Biden. Yeah, the, the, the My FU kid Biden. was even singing it at home. Yep. Yeah, so the, the kids, you know, at, at the college football games, they see what's happening. Uh you know, I was looking at the protests in France, in Netherlands, Australia, South Africa. The protests against the lockdowns are growing. More and more people are getting fed up with this tyranny. Yep. Trudeau is getting mocked and ridiculed everywhere he goes. Mocked and rocked. Um, Biden Biden is, is hiding. He's doing the best he can to stay off the radar and not make any more gaffes. Um, well, I bet he wishes but, he never crawled up out of the basement. <laughs> yeah, right about now. He is probably wishing he would have stayed in that basement because yep. it's not going to get any better for them. And th on so many fronts, um, the globalist cabal is losing, they're losing traction. Uh, you know, the COVID narrative is being exposed. People are learning about ivermectin. Um, there's more and more good information leaking out through social media, despite the attempts by the technocracy to hide all this information. It's coming out. People are finding out. They're waking up. They're learning the truth. Uh, Nikki Minaj. Yeah, let's go there. Holy moly. Holy I mother of tweeters. I never even heard of this woman until, until she started pushing back against a narrative on Instagram and Twitter to her 200 million followers. I'm like, 200 million followers? That, that's more than Trump had. I don't know. I've never heard of this person. Yeah. And she is dropping red pills like crazy. And people are waking up. I like this size, too. So I'm, I'm really encouraged by the trajectory. It's all about the trajectory. The trajectory, the direction in which the movement is going, it's a good direction. We're yeah. not backpedaling. We're not on defense. We're on offense. And uh, we're, we're going to get to the bottom of this. Uh, there's a little update in Georgia this morning on, on the issue with the ballots. Not a lot of news to report. Judge Amaro 
had a hearing and he heard arguments from uh, Fulton County and, and also arguments uh, from Garland Favorito's attorney and other people who are trying to get access to the ballots. Um, judge has decided to stay the, hearing, the, the case for 20 days. He's going to allow the uh, Georgia State Elections Board and the Georgia Bureau of Investigation to submit amicus briefs because he has a feeling that uh, any ruling that he um, issues in this case could potentially uh, affect other investigations that are going on. Secretary of State is doing an investigation, and I think the Georgia Bureau of Investigation is also doing an investigation. And so Amaro felt it was uh, prudent to give them 20 days to submit briefs. So there isn't a whole lot of new news on that, but they, they did have a hearing this morning. And you know, it's kind of a wait and see thing right now. But Amaro's tone in the hearing was very much in favor of uh, letting people have access to the ballots. I think that's how it's going to go. I think Amaro, I think Amaro has already decided he's going to allow the plaintiffs to see the ballots. It's just a question of, you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's and make sure everything's done uh, the right way. So. So now what are they going to do when this information starts coming out? Oh gosh, don't even get me started on this. No, I want to get you started on this, man. This is, I was dying to get to this part of the broadcast today, man. <laughs> I'm dying to know what you're thinking, man. Yeah. So, so what do they do? You know, here's, here's, uh, we, we talked about this last Monday. Um, and you know, it's speculation. I don't know what's going to happen uh, when Attorney General Mark Burnovich gets all the testimony and the evidence and forensic evidence and emails and everything else that they've got from this um, from this audit. Is there going to be evidence of uh, willful misconduct? Will the Board of Supervisors end up being charged criminally? Will Katie Hobbs be charged criminally? And what happens if they are? Because I, I have a strong feeling that um, the, the, if, you, if you just kind of listen to what Karen Fan is saying, she has been telling us now consistently for about two months that when this thing is all over, criminal referrals are going to be made if they're appropriate. If they find evidence of criminal conduct, they're going to make criminal referrals. She's been preparing people for this. She said it again last night. If she didn't have knowledge of criminal activity, I don't think she would be mentioning that possibility. Okay. Uh, when Jordan Conradson asked her if there was going to be evidence of Chinese interference in the election, uh, he, the way he, he stated his question was this. Some people are concerned that the audit is not going to be able to show evidence that China influenced the election. And Karen Fan said, I don't necessarily think that's true. And then she said, let me rephrase that. She goes, I, I can't really say much about that. I can't, I can't talk about that on record. But so Jordan was expressing the concern that a lot of people are expressing on social media that if there was interference in the election by China, that the audit is not going to show that. And Karen said, I don't think that's necessarily true. All right. So she countered that concern and then said, well, you know, I, I can't really talk a lot about that. <laughs> okay, so that, that leads me to believe that maybe 
the audit is going to show evidence of foreign interference in the election. Mm -hmm. uh, again, speculation. I'm just reading the tea leaves. I'm, I'm listening to the questions that were asked to her last night and the way she answered them. And it's pretty interesting the way she answered the questions. Jordan asked a bunch of other questions. And, and like I said, you know, her last thing was th that at the end, when this is all over, it's all going to be turned over to Brnovich. Uh, and Brnovich will ultimately, probably, I think, um, start charging people. Now, uh, here's what the concern trolls are going to say next. And they've said this for a long time. The next concern is that Brnovich is a rhino and Brnovich isn't going to charge anybody and nothing will happen. There's not going to be a criminal investigation. The people are going to get off scot-free. No one's going to go to jail. Okay, well, that's possible. It's absolutely possible. We do not know what Brnovich is going to do. We don't know if Brnovich is uh, sympathetic to the cause of election transparency or not. So far, Brnovich has uh, all of his uh, legal opinions, all of his rulings have sided with the Senate when he has had to weigh in on this issue. Uh, when he is, when Kitty Hobbs has asked him to take action against the Senate, against cyber ninjas, Brnovich has sided with the Senate in, in, on every issue. So that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to prosecute people, but it does suggest that he understands um, that this is, this, there's a le legitimate problem here that has to be solved. And, and he understands that Katie Hobbs is trying to hide and obfuscate and, and try to paint this as, you know, nothing to see here. If the audit report comes out and shows evidence of clear evidence of fraud, there's going to be enormous pressure on him to uh, prosecute these people. And Brnovich is running for the Senate. So he aspires to be our next Arizona Senator, U.S. Senate. He's not going to get the nomination if he doesn't get Trump's endorsement. Yeah. And he's not going to get Trump's endorsement unless he uh, does a serious investigation of criminal activity related to the election. So <laughs> Brnovich is kind of in a, he's over a barrel. If he wants to be Senator, he's got to get Trump's approval and he's not going to get Trump's approval. If he sits there and does nothing, Trump put Brnovich on blast uh, about three months ago. Um, Trump put, put him on notice and basically said that lack, lackluster attorney general, Mark Brnovich, who all he likes to do is promote himself as a, the next uh, Senate candidate needs to get serious about the election in Arizona. So Trump has already put him on notice. And, you know, it. we're going to have to wait and see what happens with Brnovich. Again, I don't know what he's going to do. He has, he has motivation. He can be a patriot. He can be on the right side of history. He can be the guy who, you know, drops the hammer on, uh, on the criminal cabal here in Arizona. Or he can prove himself to be a rhino and he'll be relegated to the dustbin of history as just another loser who failed uh, when he had an opportunity to do the right thing. We got to see it, man. We got to see it. We got to see it. This is going to be yeah. an interesting week because they, they put out a date. I mean, that's a hard date. Yep. 24th, 1 p.m. 
Yep. I'd say it's going to be like keep your head on swivel week. Yeah. Yeah. And and so you asked the question, what happens when this information comes out? I'm just kind of uh, trying to highlight some of the information that's going to be coming out. Mm -hmm. What does the mainstream media do? And what do social media companies, Facebook, Twitter, uh, uh, YouTube, what do they do when people start commenting and doing videos and live streams and broadcasts on the results of the audit? What happens when 2,000 volunteers who live in Maricopa County start talking on social media about what they witnessed during the audit? They'll be like, Holy fucking shit, you guys! <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the non-disclosure agreements end on Friday. Yeah. And and leaving so, it on a Friday, man, there's a, there's a couple days for people to talk about this stuff and spread exactly. it around and I, I know a digest couple of people it. Yeah, I, I know a couple of the people who were down there at, uh, involved in the audit. I was not involved in the audit because uh, I'm kind of radioactive right now. Um, being a Q guy, uh, I, I could just see what the Daily Beast would write if they got wind of the fact that the leading Q promoter was involved in the audit. That would uh, be bad optics. So yeah. I, I stayed out of it. Um, but I, I know some people who've been uh, volunteers in the audit, and they have a story to tell. Mm -hmm. And they are going to tell their stories starting on Friday. <laughs> as soon as that report is released, their non-disclosure agreements are over. They can so you're saying we're not going to have internet this weekend is what you're saying. Dude, I, that's, that's <laughs> what, what I'm wondering about is like when all these people who were involved in the audit, who saw what happened, who were part of it, when they start knocking down the mainstream media's lies about, you know, the fraud it, um, it, they're going to have to do some kind of damage control. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned that that's the point where they might take uh, steps to, to uh, further ban uh, anyone who, who questions the official narrative on the election. Um, you know, will they take down Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook? Maybe. Do they hit the kill switch on the internet? Maybe. I, I don't know. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that that all this information coming out, there's so much coming out. Here's another thing. Uh, on Saturday, Trump's going to do a rally. And guess what he's going to be talking about? Tell me. <laughs> the, the audit, the results of the audit. I guarantee you that Trump is going to, and it's kind of funny because it, the, the rally was scheduled a long time ago, but it just so happens he's going to be having a rally the day after the audit results come out. Yeah. So I could imagine Trump being on Rumble and whatever uh, other outlets, you know, RSBN will be broadcasting it. So what happens when Trump starts broadcasting through his megaphone the results of the audit Come on. Uh, and the fraud and the criminality? Um, you know, there's just all this momentum building. You've got this issue with General Milley. Cash Patel has been weighing in on the issues with General Milley. Cash has a lot of inside information. He was chief of staff at the at the Pentagon when this is all going down, and it looks like, um, according to what Leon Panetta said yesterday, I I can't believe this. 
So Leon Panetta, former Secretary of Defense, says he was on the call with Milley when Milley was talking to his counterpart in China. Wow. And, that, and Leon Panetta says, we had to do something because Trump was making all these political appointments at the Pentagon and we had to stop him. Okay, so mm. what was happening was this again plays into the devolution thing. The, the deep state saw what Trump was doing when Trump fired Esper and whacked all the undersecretaries of defense and replaced them with Cash Patel, Anthony Tata, and Ezra Cohen Watnick and put in Chris Miller as Secretary of Defense. They saw what Trump was doing. They knew he was up to something and they had to they felt they had to stop it. And they used Milley as their person to try to get in the middle of what Trump was doing. So in, in essence, the deep state was trying to pull a military coup against Trump by accusing him of using the Pentagon to pull a military coup against Biden. Mm -hmm. That's that's basically their narrative. Their narrative has been, and they, and they won't come out and say this officially, but they were concerned, and Chris Miller said this. Chris Miller said that there was a lot of concern about the optics of what Trump was doing with the DOD because people were concerned that Trump was going to pull a military coup against Biden. And Projection. so they were very aware of that. Uh, that that narrative being out there, and so well, yeah, Nancy was coming out saying, "Oh no, he's going to use nukes." Right, that's what that whole thing was about. Nancy getting involved, wanting to uh, handcuff Trump so he couldn't use, couldn't have access to the nuclear codes. That whole thing was a power grab. They were trying to neuter Trump and trying to hamstring him because uh, they saw what he was doing at the Pentagon. <laughs> And again, this plays into the devolution theory, because um, I think they understood that Trump had, it doesn't make any sense if Trump is just planning to go away um, after the election and, and nothing's going to happen. Why would he replace all the people at the top of the Pentagon? Mm -hmm. That's the big question, you know, like, why would he go through all the trouble, all the hassle and, and the opposition that he faced in replacing Everyone at the top of the Pentagon if he wasn't planning on using them for a particular purpose. Yeah. Trump had a plan. He was trying to accomplish some goals. The deep state un understood that he was doing something with those people at the top of the Pentagon and they were trying to stop. They didn't really understand what he was doing. They knew he was doing something and they tried to stop it. Um, so you, you've got that aspect and this is coming to a head. There's going to be, I, th I think there's going to be congressional hearings. I think uh, Senate Armed Services Committee will probably end up having, um, maybe forming a commission to in to investigate what exactly happened with Milley um, and what he was trying to accomplish, what he was doing. Uh, it'd be great if the phone calls, the transcripts between him and Milley and, and Nancy Pelosi, Congress can get access to that. It'd be really cool if they made those public. Yeah. Um, but that's the kind of thing that's 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 building. You've got um, people like Nicki Minaj coming out. Uh, she has you know hundreds hundreds of millions of followers, and she's destroying the narrative of COVID. You have all these protests going on, and and 
even though the mainstream media refuses to cover they like how long have the yellow vest protests been going on in france well a long two time years now? yeah two years and the mainstream media has never once mentioned any of the protests well right before COVID hit you had you had france you had iran you had hong kong you had spain yep. they were all yep. protesting and then all of a yep. sudden, everybody's locked down. Nobody can protest anymore. And that's when we saw, you know, all the people in Hong Kong being carted off. Yep. So even though the mainstream media has refused to mention all the protests going on, it's those videos are going viral on social media. Did you listen to that Nicki Minaj, the 14-minute one on Instagram? No. Dude, you got to listen to that. I mean, you can you can literally hear her. Like, like she's like freshly awake. I mean, she's just like, oh, what's going on? You guys see what's happening here? She's like Did legitimately horrified at what she's finding. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It's worth the listen. I mean, you don't see her. She just shows like a door frame. But I mean, it's it's fascinating to listen to because you can yeah. literally hear her waking up and telling people, you don't and see the, what's going and on. Of course, she's she's waking up millions of people along with her actually live to live streaming her wake-up calls yeah now she's waking up a lot of other people yeah so people yeah we're showing up at the cdc with megaphones the other day <laughs> no <laughs> it's great the, the narrative is falling apart more and more every day you know people don't get their information from mainstream media they get their information from social media yeah, uh, I guarantee you, there's a lot more people who are getting information about COVID from Nicki Minaj than are getting it from Jake Tapper. Or <laughs> yeah, nobody's <laughs> watching just, that stuff. People are not watching the mainstream media anymore. They they get their information from social media, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and when if they allow people like Nicki Minaj out there to tell the truth, to talk what talk about what they're learning. It just continues to destroy their fake narrative. And so, um, yeah, we're, I think we're going to reach a point here where the technocracy is going to determine that just having Internet access is going to be a danger. It, it's it, it's going to become an existential threat yeah. to them remaining in power. And the technocrats can't allow that to happen. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they hit the kill switch at some point in the near future. You know, I'm not predicting dates. I don't, I don't know what the event's going to be. Yeah. I do believe that uh, minimum they're going to crack down more on, and censor more posts on platforms like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Will they have you know, a convenient reason to shut them down altogether temporarily? Yeah, probably. Will they take down the Internet altogether? I think there's a good chance of that. And, you know, they've already got their convenient narratives out there. Solar storms. <laughs> the solar flares. <laughs> a they lot of different do the narratives same shit over use. and over and over again. I mean, even the yep. normies are like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. How freaking convenient is this, man? A solar flare this weekend? What? Yeah, between, between the uh, ransomware cyber hacking and the solar flares, they've got yeah. a couple of good uh, fake reasons they can use to take down the internet if they want. And of course, um, the nice thing about ransomware attacks and solar flares is you can make them appear as if they are uh, local, uh, regional, 
or national in scope. Well, mm-hmm. it only affected the United States, nowhere else. <laughs> yeah. That one solar flare just focused in on the United States and a little bit of Canada, and that's the only area that was affected, or um, <clears throat> the ransomware attacks can, can hit you know, specific um, internet companies, cell phone providers, and, and take down segments, but not everything. It's funny we didn't have this stuff when Trump was in office. Yeah, it's pretty funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's getting interesting. Uh, it's getting hot. I think we're going to see some significant changes in the near future. It's going to be some challenges. Yeah, I saw a post you put out about that, about your dream interpretation. Yeah. Will you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, I can talk a little bit about it. Um, I didn't want to post the dream itself because it's it was a symbolic dream. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people would understand the meaning of the symbolic dream. But I think the interpretation for me was pretty clear what it meant. I'll just say that I saw people living in a very, very different kind of existence. Nothing like what we're living in right now. And Can you elaborate a little? Well, I didn't see any houses anywhere. <sighs> <laughs> I hadn't seen any houses. We're People all going were living camping? Outside. Uh, kind of. Kind of like that. Um, people were wandering around looking for a place to live, and there weren't any houses. So it's a symbolic dream. It's not a literal dream. I'll just say that because I saw things in the dream that indicate clearly that is a symbolic dream not a literal dream i don't think we're literally going to lose our houses it's symbolic it is symbolic of um of a loss of our current way of life Mm -hmm. and it being replaced with something very different than what we're used to right now that's that's the symbolic message of the dream is that we're going to go through a significant change in our way of life to, I think back to a much more simple way of life. If you know what I mean, like camping is more simple than having your dishwasher in your washing machine connected to the internet and sending all of your personal information to China. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to be seeing at some point in the future, a return to a much more simple way of life. That's what was illustrated in the dream. And then that was one scene in the dream. And another scene, there was was a lot of chaos going on in society in in this scene in the dream. A lot of things happening. A lot of people were confused, uh, didn't understand what was happening. They they were just bewildered by what what they saw happening around them. Mm -hmm. They didn't get it. And there was a lot of panic. And there were a few trusted people who were there to help guide the citizenry and help them understand what was happening in the way that they have been guiding people for the last four years through the chaos and the weirdness. Those people who have been steady, reliable people, they were there in this dream to help the masses understand what was happening and what they needed to do and what the purpose of it all was and that they were going to sur- uh, survive it. Mm-hmm. The, the main thing that I saw in the other scene where I saw the people living 
in this new way of existence was um, determination. These people were very determined that they were going to survive despite living in very weird conditions. <laughs> they were determined they were going to survive. They were determined they were going to thrive. Nothing was going to stop them. They basically exerted their will and the natives willed themselves through this very bizarre time. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, you know what? This is what we have to do. We have to find a place. We're going to do this. We're going to go there. That's all that's going to happen. And they were just determined that they were going to survive and thrive in, in very weird situation. I think that's, that's what the, uh, the mindset we need to adopt. If we're going to, if we're going to survive the chaos that is going to come, we have to determine in our hearts that we're going to thrive and survive regardless of what happens. Yeah. Like I said last week, you know, uh, we don't necessarily have the details of what is going to come. We don't have details of the obstacles we're going to face exactly. Yeah. But like you know, special forces, we can rely on our training. Mm -hmm. We've been trained. We've been trained to improvise, adapt, and overcome. Yeah. We, we are trained and equipped we are more than conquerors. We are God's ambassadors and we are ready for this. And all we need to do is rely on the training and equipping that we've gotten over the last, you know, five, 10 years. Exactly. Uh, we, we will adapt. We will improvise when needed. We're going to overcome the deep state and the mainstream media and all the other uh, morons who are trying to destroy this world. They're caught. They are. I, I, and I know I know they're not like wrapped up and sealed and sitting in Gitmo, man, but they're caught. Every single well, one you of know, them is caught. The other thing that the, the other the other big thing that the deep state and the mainstream media need to worry about is the fact that Durham finally unsealed his first indictment as a special prosecutor. Oh, I'm so thankful you went there. Yeah. So just to be clear about something. Um, this is Durham's second indictment, but his first indictment of Kleinsmith, he was U.S. Attorney for Connecticut. Mm -hmm. This is his first indictment of Sussman, first indictment as a special prosecutor. And if you look at the way that um, that indictment is laid out, Durham is building a case for a criminal conspiracy. Mm -hmm. Rico, racketeering. Yeah. Okay. It's actually what Durham is known for. Uh, like Rudy Giuliani, um, Durham made his reputation busting up uh, racketeering uh, in, in the government, actually. <laughs> he took on um, a lot of criminal conspiracies in, in government. And he's that kind of guy. The indictment of Sussman brings in and implicates people like Mark Elias. I was, I was, oh my gosh, that's right where I was going, man. <laughs> Former partner with Perkins Coy, right? Boom. Um, and and probably Glenn Simpson of Fusion GPS, mm -hmm. who was likely the creep who created the fake Alpha Bank uh, trail. And who did we just find out was in, in charge of that? <clears throat> right. So Perkins Coy is, is at risk. Um, members of the Clinton campaign are at risk. Uh, Glenn Simpson is going down for sure. And, and his, his buddies over at Fusion GPS, um, they're all going to be uh, wearing correctional facility orange pretty soon, I think. 
<laughs> right when I think um, it's like it, Durham's the way that the way that the uh, indictment, if you just you know read through it, um, Durham is building a case for a criminal conspiracy, and there are co-conspirators, and Durham's investigation does not just involve Spygate. Um, Huber, so John Huber, U.S. Attorney for Salt Lake, uh, Utah, he had been investigating the Clinton Foundation since yes, 2017. Indeed. Huber's investigation of the Clinton Foundation got rolled into Durham's investigation. Dun, dun, dun. So the Clinton Foundation is the mother of all criminal conspiracies. Yes, uh, I mean, the Clinton's it foundation- It makes me giddy, man. The Clinton Foundation had its tentacles in everything. So many world leaders and former world leaders um, and celebrities, CEOs of companies are wrapped up in corruption related to the Clinton Foundation. You know, if, if you go on pacer.gov and look at, look at the hundreds of thousands of uh, sealed indictments or sealed cases, uh, I would imagine a lot of those indictments are related to uh, criminal uh, activities of the Clinton Foundation. Oh, and you've also got Uranium One. So the Uranium One scandal, uh, that is also under Durham's purview. Mm -hmm. And that has the potential to implicate Robert Mueller because he was head of the FBI during the Uranium One scandal. Um, Holder was uh, Attorney General. Uh, Obama was President. And there's a lot of very you know uh, prominent DC people in, who were in government at the time, who signed off on the Uranium One deal, which I think eventually we're going to find out was used to funnel uranium into Iran to help them build a covert nuclear weapons program. Mm -hmm. And and Durham's investigating that. Has <laughs> been investigating it for four years. Well, immediately right? what comes into my mind, too, is this slide right here. Uh, yes, Hillary Clinton Foundation Crimes Against Children, right? That is also, right? So Huber was investigating, and we know, because that's from the IG report, that um, they have FBI's information about, you know, child trafficking mm -hmm. uh, that the Clinton Foundation has been doing. That is all wrapped up in Durham's investigation. And I, I find it, uh, I find it delicious that nothing has leaked from Durham's investigation over the four years that he's been on the case. People Nothing's just leaked. a few weeks ago were like, he doesn't even really exist. There's no such person. Right. right. People are questioning, like, is he like a phantom? Is he like some, you know, fictional character that people just made up because no one's ever seen him? <laughs> well, now we know he does exist. Yeah. This um, has a potential to be much more damaging than the election fraud because election fraud well mark elias is 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 hooked right into the election fraud too because he signed off on all those on all those cases just yep. right back here in november yep mark yep. elias and all his buddies they're the ones who are waging lawfare against the election audits uh, particularly here in maricopa county so it's interesting to me that uh, you know, I, I don't think it's a coincidence. I'll just say that. I don't think it's a coincidence that the first indictment from Durham's special counsel investigation is 
a Perkins Coie uh, attorney, that seems to be a shot across the bow at that law firm in general. And it could be a veiled threat to the attorneys who are working uh, against the audits. Mm-hmm. It would be tragic if a whole bunch of these attorneys ended up getting indicted while they are battling against the audits. <laughs> I don't know. I just would find that somewhat, you know, ironic. I, I think there's reason to believe that that Durham's investigation, you know, the mainstream media is trying to paint this as a nothing burger. Oh, Durham's investigation ended. Of course. And all we got is one low level indictment of some guy uh, up for lying to the FBI. And that's it. That's all we're getting from Durham investigation. He's been investigating for four years and all we're getting is one low level indictment. Um, I kind of don't think so. Um, it could I imply that he's cooperating as well. It could imply that he's cooperating. And there's a, there's an interesting thing to, to observe or note. He pleaded not guilty to the, to the charge of lying. So when I first heard that, I was like, well, that could mean that he's not a cooperating witness. Um, because if he if he was a cooperating witness, I would expect that he would plead guilty as part of his plea agreement. Um, I talked to an attorney this weekend, and he said, no, actually, in in that situation, um, if he is if he's part of a criminal conspiracy, and he is cooperating, they would probably want him to plead not guilty, because a guilty plea would tip off the the uh, co-conspirators that he's cooperating. They, he would, the DOJ wouldn't want anyone to know that he's cooperating. So they would probably ask him to plead not guilty. That way it would look like he wasn't cooperating. And so it's, it's really difficult to tell if he's cooperating or not. I suspect that he is simply because he's pleading not guilty to a 1001 charge, which is the lowest charge that the DOJ brings. You know, oh, you told a lie to the FBI. It's it's a very minimal charge. I suspect that Sussman was guilty of a lot worse crimes. Why isn't Durham charging him with more severe crimes? Mm-hmm. Why the 1001 charge lying to FBI? Because I think that's part of that's the plea deal. He is getting a low a low charge lying to the FBI in exchange for cooperation. And I think they're just going to work their way up the chain and indict other people, right? So in addition to the uh, information coming out from people like Nicki Minaj, and I guess there's a um, Victoria's Secret model. Mm-hmm. She's dropping red pills. I think there's going to be more celebrities who are going to come out and drop red pills. You've got the election audit in, uh, coming uh, information coming out from Arizona. Georgia looks ready like within the next month or so they'll be looking at the ballots and and every news headline that comes out of georgia is just worse for raffensburger and kemp uh there's more fraudulent ballots being discovered uh a lot of the problems revolve around chain of custody they just don't have chain of custody documents for like hundreds of thousands of ballots basically making those ballots uh void yeah uh so that's coming out um there's just, I don't see any good news coming for the deep state in the either. next month or so. And now, more, now Fauci too, 
was it like 40 different different things he was doing with uh gain of function and wuhan that's coming yep. out yep yeah he was he was arguing years ago why the uh, nih needed to fund gain of function research despite you know it's, the, the potential gains outweigh the potential risks yeah right if it, it these guys have been doing this stuff for years for decades all you need to do is just dig back through the old documents and find uh, all the evidence that they've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. I think we're going to find out that election fraud has been going on for a lot longer than people suspect. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, I don't see a lot of good news coming out for the deep state and the mainstream media right now. It's all it's all bad news for them. Yeah. Do you do think it was a correction? Course? Do you think election fraud was a, cor- uh, a correction from Kennedy down? Because Kennedy was that, out here. He was fighting all the same stuff, too. They took him out. Yeah, and was. then, you know, Johnson was dirty, you know, all that. Right. And, and Kennedy's um, opposition to the deep state was just uh, a reaction to the fact that there was corruption in government, mm-hmm. uh, corruption in the military industrial complex. And, and it's been going on for a lot longer. Uh, we know that essentially after World War II, the, the military industrial complex set itself up uh, to take over the levers of control domestically here in the U.S. But uh, I think that there was, you can make a pretty good case historically that elections have been rigged in cities like New York and Philadelphia for well over a hundred years. There's been a lot of election fraud is is, is almost as old as prostitution. Uh, That's pretty old. because, (laughs) Because it's all about power. Yeah. True. Uh, election fraud is about power. And the one thing that um, you need if you intend to wield power over a group of people is you have to have the elections in your favor. So, you know, stuffing ballot boxes, rigging elections has, has been around for a long time. Yeah. Uh, there's cases going back to the, the, the 1920s of election fraud. And oh, even further you know, than that, Jackson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was around the 1800s. The thing that is um, interesting right now is that election fraud suddenly got thrown into the spotlight because they had to steal the election in a way that was more audacious than they've ever done before. Yeah. They had to overcome Trump's base, right? And officially, he got over, you know, 74 million votes. I would imagine if you remove the fraud, he probably got closer to 85 million votes. Yeah. And they had to cheat at historic levels. They had to take away Trump's votes and they had to give Biden votes to um, overcome Trump's massive uh, support base. Mm -hmm. You know, they were desperate. They had to win this election. They had to get Trump out of office. The, The unfortunate thing for them is they had to cheat in such a grand way that too many people knew about it. <laughs> There's too damn many witnesses because they yeah. had to do it in so many places. And that left trails of evidence everywhere, mm-hmm. which are now being brought to light. So they were so desperate that, that they had to get this election in their pocket, but it cost them everything because now the public knows uh, how they rig elections. Yeah. And I don't think going forward, I don't think the public is going to allow the elections to continue to be rigged. It's not going to allow it. The deep state 
made a fatal mistake this time. Um, they they should not have. I mean, they they were in a, they were in a catch twenty two. Like if they let Trump stay in office, then Trump continues to blow up their plans mm-hmm. to get Trump out of office. They have to reveal how they steal elections, and then it's going to end their ability to steal elections in the future. So they were, the deep state was in a catch twenty two, and yeah. you know, uh, it's too bad for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll be interesting to see what happens this week for sure. Crime doesn't pay. It does not. Treason doesn't pay well in the end either. <laughs> and that new courthouse they're building down at Gitmo, man. That'll be uh, fascinating to watch. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm so excited. Uh, I can't wait for the live streams to start in Gitmo. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, watching people like John Podesta and Hillary. You know, speaking of Hillary... Uh, one of the reasons why I'm so optimistic about everything, despite all you know, the doom porn and, and, and uh, the fake news um, stories, is God has shown me through dreams um, some very interesting things. I've seen the demise of Hillary Clinton in a dream one night. That was a bizarre experience. Um, I saw her as her corruption was being exposed. And I saw her reaction to her corruption being exposed publicly. And she became a raging psychotic bitch, accusing everyone around her of being to blame for what she did and what happened to her. Oh, like she was on 2016 on election night. That's perfect. (laughs) Right. In this dream, I saw her um, that saw the true Hillary come out. She was angry. She was um, arrogant. She was condescending and um, just the epitome of wickedness. Lying, trying to defend herself, trying to make herself, uh, portray herself as the, the, the good guy, good girl. Accusing everybody. Um, arrogantly insisting that she was innocent. And she just kept telling more and more lies and, and uh, trying to cover up her, her criminal behavior. And it just kept going on and on and on and on. And it got worse and worse as it went on. And I was like, it was just like watching a slow motion train wreck. Nice. <laughs> um, I think in November of 2017. And I believe I had this dream before Q started posting or before I was aware that Q was posting it. It might've actually happened in October. I had a dream where I saw uh, Comey and Robert Mueller flying to Gitmo to be processed. That was one of the very first dreams I had that told me or hinted that the cabal is going to be taken down. I saw these, I saw clear as day. I can remember it like it just happened yesterday. There was this, um, it looked like, you know, a, a small like DOJ Gulfstream jet. And I saw Comey and I saw Mueller and they were the, sitting there on this airplane. And in the, in the dream, I knew that they were flying to Gitmo and they were going to be processed and prosecuted for their criminal, criminal uh, behavior. Um, the, those, the dreams that God gives me about things like that is a large part of the reason why I'm confident that patriots are going to win in the end mm-hmm. and the cabal is going to lose. Because I've had so many dreams like that where 
I've seen the future. I've seen the prosecutions. I've seen the trials. I've seen, you know, how this is going to end. I've seen the end of the movie. And we're going to win. Do we have houses, uh, though, in the end? <laughs> Just kidding. I hope so. A throwback, man. A throwback. I, I hope we're not running around in the wilderness <laughs> hiding underneath trees in, in the shelter of a tree as our house. <laughs> um, I think we're going to have homes. But I think that as the corruption is exposed, as more indictments come from Durham, as the truth about election fraud is exposed, as all the, all the criminality and fraud perpetrated by the cabal is exposed that cabal is going to pull more and more levers to try to maintain control. And, and that's when life gets interesting. I mm -hmm. think. Uh, now, do you think uh, all this stuff's coming out, you know, this weekend, you know, Friday, you know, um, you're going to have an F around Friday. <laughs> going to have a popcorn freaking Friday, man. Oh, man. <laughs> We're going on all day. Now I've seen people put it in the chat multiple times, so I want I want to I want to make sure we talk about this, you know, because there might not be any interwebs next Monday. But people are really afraid they're going to use nukes on us, Dave. No, especially with all the talk that you know, because like you know how they project, you know, yep. they're talking about all these nukes and nuclear weapons and all this stuff. There's yep. people are concerned about that. I've I've seen it in the chat all day long today. All right, so let's let's address that issue. I'm not going to, out of hand, dismiss that as a silly idea. But when you started not, talking about we were wandering around with no houses, I was... Yeah, it's not a silly idea. Uh, in fact, we have reason to believe that they've already tried this in the past. So if you go back to some of the older Q posts um, and, and look at the, uh, the missile launch, uh, Whidbey Island. Yeah. Okay. Um, contrary to what a lot of people believe, that was not an attempt to blow up Air Force One with a missile. Mm -hmm. That was a that was a launch of an intercontinental ballistic missile. Uh, those missiles carry nuclear warheads, <laughs> and and President Trump's plane, Air Force One, was already in the. I believe it was over near Saudi Arabia when that missile was launched. Trump was already over. Uh, near, on his way to Singapore. But Q has suggested that that missile launch off of Whidbey Island was um, an attempt by the CIA to launch a missile to start a war. Okay? And patriots in the military shot it down. Uh, Q said that uh, two F-16s -F were deployed and they had a strike package that took that missile down. So it would not surprise me if the deep state tries to initiate a nuclear launch. I think that patriots in the military are going to be aware of it. And if they attempt it, it'll be the, the threat will be neutralized. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if the deep state tries something like that. I don't think they're going to be successful. Um, I think we have enough patriots in the military. Um, who love our country and love the world and love freedom, they'll take the necessary steps to neutralize whatever threat is out there. Mm -hmm. So like I said, I'm not dismissing the, the possibility altogether, but I do think that uh, good people in the military will, will take the steps that are necessary to prevent it. I love it. It's an exciting time, man. 
it is an exciting time. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's going to get bumpy. Yeah. Uh, make sure you fasten your seatbelts. You may or may not want to put your tray table and, and your seats in the upright position. I don't know. Uh, can you definitely. eat popcorn if you have your tray you know, table up? Uh, you can. Sure. You can hold the bag and just... Hold the bag, you know, one hand and eat with the other hand. Uh, a, a big bag of popcorn will last you an entire <laughs> flight, too, without a mask. Yeah, it could be a bumpy landing. Um, but I, I, I really do believe that we're, we're going to win in the end. We have enough... God has put enough good people in key positions... Um, to thwart the attempts by these evil people to take control of and, and put our uh, the whole world into slavery. Um, people are waking up. And, you know, you, you played that clip before I came on about the ants. The ants outnumber the grasshoppers 100 to 1. Yep. And it's all about unity and strength. We as... Um, a global population as a citizenry. We just need to keep waking people up. We need to keep sharing the truth, letting people know what's happening, what the real agenda is. And we keep waking people up and we will take back control from these evil people who are trying to destroy the planet. Mm -hmm. It's going to be all of us, man. All yep. of us. All hands on deck. Hey man, we could have new internet by next week. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, epic. It would be. And, and anything anything could happen this week. Anything, literally anything could happen this week. Yeah, we need to keep the whole situation in prayer. This would be a really good time to be praying for God's will to be done, for evil to be exposed, for corruption to be exposed, for good people to be protected, for patriots to have a backbone and do what they need to do to stand up to this evil. Good Amen. time to be in prayer. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for being here, Dave. I love Medic Mondays, man. They're getting more and more exciting. Yeah, uh, it's it's a pleasure, man. I I love being able to think out loud and you know share some some good news with people and uh, encourage them to just you know keep in prayer and keep spreading the truth. Amen. The truth is going to set all of us free. It will. It will. And you know what? I think it. I think it's going to be so much more meaningful to people when they actually had a part in taking it all back, too. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. When you when you play uh, a personal role in taking back your freedom, um, it's something that you won't give up easily in the future. Not at all. If it's if it's difficult to regain control of your life and regain control of your freedom after you surrendered it, um, you're not going to surrender it again. Yeah. I ain't never going to surrender. Never, Dave. Not going to happen. Nope. And I, and I want to thank you, too. You know, I mean, you've done so much for this movement along the way, and, you know, you've helped keep us calm in the storm, and, uh, you know, let's ride this thing out to fruition. Yep. It's going to be a wild ride. I'm yeah. ready. Any uh, any word on the dream book? Can we order that bad boy yet? Uh, Denise is flowing it into InDesign right now. Yes. And uh, we're, we're formatting it. So it's coming soon. Coming soon. I love coming it. Coming soon. I love it. I love it. I love it. 
All right, guys, don't forget you can go over to prayingmedic.com. You can get all of his information over there. He's got posts and books and all kinds of stuff, so make sure you're going over and checking that out. And then also, I don't want to forget to say this, too. Tonight, very special episode with Miguelifornia. Jared Sessler. Now, this is the guy that we met. He's so freaking awesome. You guys are going to love him so much. He's literally the guy who's like, I didn't even know how to run, man. I, I actually Googled it. How do you run? But uh, he, did, he didn't need to run. He's a, he, was a, he was a NASCAR driver. He was all this stuff, and he, and he stepped up, and, and he's trying to take it all back, too. So he'll be on with Mike tonight, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't freaking miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. I wanted to tell you guys in the beginning, but I caught you at the end. There's even more people here now at the end. So Tonight, Miguel Fournier on DLive. And Cloud Hub. Yeah, take a nap, Steph. Stay up. Rain is is truly thinking about running for office. You should. Any Dave, can, we're going over time a little bit, okay? But can you can you like speak on the importance of people doing what Rain said? Rain is like, I'm truly thinking about running for office. And I know we have other people in our midst. We've got people like Jared Sessler, um, so many people that we've been along the way. Joe Kent. Joe Ken is making a huge impact right now. He was another guy, you know, he stepped up. I mean, can you talk about the importance of that real quick for people to step up? Yeah, well, you know, we're in the situation that we're in right now because uh, good people, patriotic people who love their country, um, have allowed other people who do not love our country, whose ideas align more with uh, Marxism, to sit in elected office. And one way that we can end the slow creep toward Marxism and you know, all, all the other uh, nightmares that come with it is by people like us running for office and replacing them, getting them out, whether it's at the school board level, become a precinct uh, committee member, become an alderman, uh, become a state representative, state senator, US senator, uh, we need to run for office. And you know, if you look at what President Trump is doing, just a quick example here. Um, President Trump, he came to the realization that he could not get legislation passed that puts America first without getting rid of the rhinos that are in Congress and getting rid of some of the Democrats. So he now is focusing his energy on supporting MAGA candidates who are running for office because he needs their help. He can't do it himself. He, he tried the first four years to run around the rhinos and the Democrats in Congress and he realized, you know, executive orders only get you so far. You need patriotic people in elected office who can pass legislation that puts America first. So that's the importance of running for elected office. We need people who will go, um, whether it's, you know, city council or wherever it is, who will stand against um, the slow creep of Marxism and return this country to founding values that were, are in the Constitution. Mm -hmm. um, that only comes when we run for elected office. I'm encouraging people to run for elected office. I don't think I can handle elected office. Maybe. I don't know. It's not for everybody. I think this is um, my lane. I think yeah, I you and I are, are better at broadcasting than you know, sitting in, in a political office. Yeah. But a lot of people, I think, are called to run for public office. 
Yeah. Maybe you're out of order. Call. This whole thing's out of order. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not everybody's called to do, you know, live streams and be broadcasters. Not everyone's called to be an author. Some people are called to elected office. And yeah. I think people need to prayerfully consider whether they are called to uh, elected office. Rain, if it's on your heart to do it, then you should, then you, then you should. He said after hearing medic's dream, I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm supposed to make a run for it. <laughs> Rain, we got you back. Come on. And Roberta, Roberta, you should run for something. Roberta, like she's a force of nature, man. I mean, Roberta's out there. She's, she was a pamphleteer before we even started talking about it. So there's so many people that are just, uh, I love being in this fight with everybody. I really, really do. We're taking it all We've back. We've got a good team. Yeah. Yeah. We've lost some gains some along the way, huh, Dave? Yep. Yeah, we're going to lose a few more, but we'll pick up a few more too. Yeah, I think we're going to pick up a lot more. Come on, Nicky Minaj. <laughs> I never thought those words would come out of my mouth. I really couldn't stand it. She kind of creeped me out, to be honest, but, I, you know. You, Dave, tell, I'm telling you, you got to go listen to that Instagram. It's like 14 minutes long, and you can you can listen to her, and I mean, you can hear it in her voice. It's it's unmistakable what's happening to her. All right, all right, all I right, get man. out. All right, let's get out of here. I love right. you guys. God bless you. I'll see you in the morning, 9:30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll also be hanging out in Miguel Fournier tonight with Jared Cecil. You guys should make sure you make a point of being there too. DLive.tv slash Miguel Fournier. And uh, well, I guess I could just put up his card. That would be easier. But uh, make sure you guys don't miss that tonight. It's gonna be amazing, amazing. Just like Dave, you're amazing. All right, Thanks, I love, man. I love you, brother. God bless everybody. Love you too. All right. Bye, guys.